Hello, everybody. It's me in with Linda Dano. And um, I, I'm very excited. I, I'm also giddy. You can you can't see it because you can't see me, but I'm I'm you can hear it in my voice. I'm giddy because I have with me today one of my favorite people on the planet. Um, I think because she's such a renegade and such a crazy, and we have had so many great nights and days together. You just can't even imagine. It was like we were, we should never have been been paid to do what we had to do because it was so much fun. So without further ado, let me, <laughs> I see I'm already laughing. Let me say hello to a very dear old friend, Hillary B. Smith. Welcome, Hillary. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. I really am. This is very exciting. It is. It is. It's very exciting for us. We, you know, we spent an enormous amount of time uh, together on the set, off the set. We go oh. to dinner a lot. We we were just we had a group that just we just did everything. And we were like we were like girlfriends, girlfriends from day one. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It was, it was, it, well, even before we started working together, there was, there were good giggles, which is, uh, we had, uh, during the Emmys, yeah. you know, it was, uh, you know, uh, we were I remember the day you sent me and you said when you got up there, you know, with my storyline, dear God, any one of these women would be up here and not me. Do you remember when you said that? I thought yeah, that I, absolutely. By the way, I didn't even say thank you for that plug. So I'm going to say it now. Thank you, Hillary. What a generous thing to say. Well, it was absolutely the truth because I it was one of those combinations of incredible writing and really good producing and the directing and the light. I mean, it was everybody came together to create this incredible moment in soap history that I was lucky enough to be a part of. And I swear to God, the talent of the five women that were nominated that year, any one of us would have knocked it out of the park. And that's, I truly felt that way. Well, it's very kind. That's not usually spoken like that. <laughs> and you and you wanted the year before. You yeah. wanted the year before. And I was like, well, here we, you know, I she's got the same stuff going on. This there's no way. There's no way. <laughs> well, there was a way. You there got was a way. Yeah. All right. I want I don't know some things about you, which I find really hard to believe, or it's because I'm so old and I have now forgotten everything. It could be that. But you grew up where? Where were you? Where were you born? I was born in Boston, but I was raised in Palm Beach, Florida. How'd that go? What your parents? They, they needed the beach and the warm weather. Well, no, my father uh, designed miniature submarines. Really? Yeah, and he had been a he had been a lieutenant commander in the Navy on a submarine. Right. And he'd just gotten command of his own sub and he was going through the Panama Canal when uh, peace was declared. So he never really got to be in action, but he won uh, Purple Heart and Medal of Honor. I mean, he was he was quite big in, in uh, the naval world anyway. And then he worked at Gillette in Boston and he designed the Track 2 and the Adjustable Razor. So he was used to working in miniatures. I think I have those. <laughs> yeah. I, think I still do. <laughs> So, so when, uh, when he got a call 
from this guy, John Perry down in Palm Beach uh, to, to design. He, this guy had designed the small submarine, but he couldn't figure out how to work the ballast. Oh. Uh-huh. And so he hired my father, but he said, there's no money in that. So I'm going to have you come down and automate my newspaper. Really? Yeah. So, so down to Palm Beach, we went I, with my mother kicking and screaming. She wanted none of it. Right. And how but old were you then? Were two. you little? You were two. Oh, two. God. Yeah. Two. And Palm Beach was a very different place than it is now. Yeah. I mean, it was the school system. My mother got her hands in the school system because it was basically a tutoring school from, yeah. you know, in the high season. And so she she got it worked and got it accredited as a full Really? you know, elementary school from kindergarten up through uh, 12th grade. So that's where I was educated until I, you know, ninth grade. And then I went away to boarding school. Ah, Yeah. You liked it. I loved it. Oh, I was the youngest of four girls and they had all gone off. And um, so I was by myself. So for me to go to boarding school, it was like, oh my God, I have this house full of sisters. It was yeah. awesome. Yeah, that that suits you. I can I can understand that. Yeah. Oh yeah, had a now, blast. Uh, in those years, I I know a lot about you, but what I don't really know is when did the acting bug hit? Did it or oh, did elementary it come by school. accident? Elementary school. Ever since I mean, I knew I knew what I wanted to do, and you know that's a blessing and a curse. Yeah, it is. Because if you know what you want to do and you realize how hard it is to get to do it, then your focus becomes just on that. Yeah. So I never took a year abroad at college because I didn't want to miss out on a play. Yeah. You know, and I never I never really enjoyed college because I was always like focused in on, you know, doing the work and getting ahead and doing, you know, everything that I possibly could. Right. To get ahead. And so when I was at Sarah Lawrence, my last year, we had a class called song class. And it was all the departments came together, the the hair and makeup, the make, you know, the and this guy, John Braswell, who was our teacher, put together this this exam. Our exam was a final performance called song night. Really? And and we he designed it in white face and glitter and antique lingerie. And we sang. Oh and it was it was all singing and songs. And a producer saw it and took three of us and did it with a cast of six in the city. And I got scouted by ABC and Universal Studios. And is there that, are, how do I not know this about you? Well, you we were busy talking about things that were more relevant. We're <laughs> <laughs> off and running somewhere. Oh my God, that's a wonderful story. Yeah, it was. It was, it was. It was. There were two of us that got scouted. And this other girl was far more talented than I was. She was really an interesting looking, Carla Sauls, and this gorgeous, gorgeous voice. But she just couldn't get it. She could. She just couldn't bring herself to do it. She was. She just couldn't do it. And I, I kept getting her in the car, going, "Come on, let's go to that agent that's called us. Come on, let's do." And she just, she, and I just ran with it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, where is Nip in all of this? When did you meet him? I was 14 when I met Nip. That's what I yeah. was told. Yeah. And I was down in Palm Beach and I was actually playing tennis. I was um, competing in the USLTAs and I brought my partner down and we were practicing with a with a coach down there. And this woman that I knew from the Cape, right. oh, this is a very convoluted story. She was dating Nip's roommate's father. 
And she said, oh, come on over for a cookout. So needless to say, I went, oh, oh okay. Yeah. So she said, it's just a cookout. Very Please Bring your bathing suit. Yeah. Don't worry about the phone. It goes on like that. Okay. So go Keep talking. She goes, it just, just bring your bathing suit. So I arrived. My mother dropped me off because I'm 14 and can't drive. Right. Uh, a maid opens the door and my mother drives away. And the maid said, can I help you? And I said, yes, my name is Hillary Bailey and I'm, I'm, I'm here for dinner. And she said, just a minute. And she shut the door. Oh, dear God. And then she comes back and says, I'm sorry. What is your name again? <laughs> and this is before cell phones. Yeah, this really. before cell phones. I'm thinking, holy schmoly, I'm in trouble now. How am I going to get home? How am I going to get home? So I told her my name and I said, this woman has, has invited me for dinner. So she goes, just a minute. She shuts the door again. Again. And oh, then she comes back a few minutes later. She says, come on in. I walk in, very nice house, and, and I go out to the back, and there's a man in a white dinner jacket uh, cooking butterfly leg of lamb on the grill. And he's chatting with me, and I'm like, I think I'm underdressed. I'm in shorts and a cute nice. little shirt. And I was like, I, I, I can go home and change. He goes, don't be ridiculous. And with that, Nip and his friend Lou come downstairs, and they're in white dinner jackets. No. And formal attire and all the guests start arriving and they're all in long dresses and I'm dying. I bet. <laughs> and Nip is six foot six and, yeah. you know, blonde hair down to here and, you know, parted in the middle. And I was just gone. I was gone. That was it. I saw him and went, done. Done. I'm done. You're it. You're it. And, You're it. and if I ever get married, I'm marrying you. Wow. And but we didn't see, you know, we we saw each other on vacations when he came down to visit Lou. And then other than that, I didn't see him for years. And it was at our best friend's wedding that had, we were a foursome during that time. They ended up getting married and we decided we'd be dates at the wedding. Hadn't seen each other in five or six years. Right. And a year later, we were married. Really? But it was tough because I was, my career was already gone. I was doing films and I was you know, getting ready to move to LA. So it was. Yeah. Crazy. You know, it was a crazy time, you know, to suddenly go, wait, am I going to put a pin in this and get married? And then what does that look like? And it, it just, you know, but I knew you've it was my opportunity been, to get married. You've always been a crazy. So that, see, this doesn't really shock me in any way. <laughs> I bet I could line up our group and they'd go, oh yeah, no, that makes sense. Of course she's got married. Why, why not? And then she's in LA and he's God knows where. That's why. right. Wow. So he's used to you traveling all over the place. Well, yeah. well, and then when I married him, that's when I said, okay, I better do a soap opera. Oh, is that and what happened? I, and then I, I, so I called my agent. I said, you know, let, let me do a soap opera. And so I did as the world turns. As the world for six years. It wasn't for seven, seven years. Yeah. Seven years. And, and I, and I would uh, commute from New York to Boston because we lived in Boston. Okay. Oh God, that's amazing. And yeah, I mean, it was, it was, you're, it was you're, you're amazing, really. And and tell me, in all of this kind of movement and 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 cho choices you were making, you were passionate about acting. That what you knew yes. that was your calling. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And and that was the conversation that he and I had to have, which was right. This is who I am. Right. And if you're gonna take me out of this world, yeah, it's gonna be it's not gonna work. It, it may not work. It may not work. And he was like, then stay in the world. 
So he was my anchor as I, you know, did my thing. Your thing. Right. Oh my God. And then you have two children. I have two children that I had when I was in As the World Turns. And Fipsy, I actually had on the show with me. He was baby Adam. He was the original baby Adam. (laughs) Of course. See, I told you guys, she's a little bit of a crazy. I was doing. And then when I said I was leaving the show, they asked if he would stay because he was such a good baby. Like, no. You didn't leave him there, did you? No. 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 no well, well, one never knows about you. I'll pick you up in the evenings, honey, after you after you finish your That's right. You're two yeah. years old. Ernie yeah. Arnazis can you, play with you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now you went there from there to, of course, one life to live. In my no, life. no. I I, I actually I, I left and I did Heidi Chronicles and I was doing film. And I did driving Miss Daisy out in Los Angeles. And that was when I thought, okay, we, we're, we're going to have to move to Los Angeles. And um, it didn't get picked up because there was an uncomfortability of the theme of race and religion at that point. Ah. And we shot it the night of the riots in Los Angeles. Oh, God. Oh. So that was, I mean, it was a great cast. Teresa Merrick, Saul Rubinick, uh, Robert Guillaume. I mean, it was a great cast, but... It didn't get picked up from that. And then my husband said, I'd really like it now if you stayed in the East Coast. So uh, that's when I went, okay. And I called my agent and- Of course, get me a soap, another one. Get me a soap. And One Life to Live came up. And then I felt badly because it was on opposite to As the World Turns. So I called Doug Marlin and I said, I'm just telling you this because this is- I, I've been offered a role on One Life to Live and it comes opposite as the world turns. And I just wanted to, and he said, I give you my blessing. We're really good. We got, you know, we're, we're all set. And a week before I started, my hair was already red. He <laughs> called and said, I need you to come back. Why? <laughs> Why? Because Why? Dolan had decided to leave. Oh my. And God. I was like, I can't. My hair is red. My hair is red. I can't. I can't make it the other color. What happened? Did you go back? No. No. And I was excited about creating a character because I had inherited Margot from Margaret right. Cohen, that beautiful actress, Margaret Cohen. But I had inherited her character. And I was kind of excited about starting my own character. Of course. Of and course. I was going to be working with Bobby Woods. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Sorry, I know. As much I as know. I loved my, you know, Scott Holmes and and uh, and um, and Benjamin Hendrickson. What's his name? Yeah, I yeah love Benjamin. So Benjamin. <laughs> and uh, I, I just couldn't. I couldn't. I, I needed to start my own. So I was only going to do it for five years. Twenty two years later. Imagine. I know. I I was on another world. Eighteen. Couldn't believe it. I mean, isn't you know. it amazing? I know. I've always been amazed by that. Uh, and it, it never feels like it's that long, ever. Well, come on, Felicia. How can you walk away from that character? She was yeah. she was so you and you kept you just kept expanding her and you <laughs> never found yourself. <laughs> that is one way to put it. I must put Jeanette, put that in my log. Will you? I must remember that. <laughs> You're so funny. Well, you know, now you went. To one life. Okay. I did. Did you hook up with Mr. Woods then when you first got on the show? 
Yes. My oh, first, did. okay. Yeah. My first day was actually a phone call. I was in Chicago and I was calling because my daughter was now living in Landview and my ex-husband was Hank. Right. And, uh, you know, Nathan Perdee. And so you only saw me by phone call. And then I show up in Landview and have this uh, physical bump, coffee spilled, sort of cantankerous exchange with this man. Right. And, and you know, obviously, Bobby Woods. And, you know, sparks hit. But I screen tested. Well, I with felt at that moment, I should say, the Bobby Woods. I know, right? I, you I know. know, we all have a thing for Bobby Woods. Um, and, and and that was it. And you were yeah. together forever. And, so and my screen test, this is very funny. And I don't know whether you've ever had this happen to you. Right. But during my screen test, uh, I, we did it once. And then the director comes out, the maestro. And he, he comes to me and he goes, um, and he comes right up to me. So his his face, his back of his head is in the camera. Wow. And he goes, okay, I've been asked to give you a note. Uh-oh. And I'm not going to give it to you. But I want you to nod your head like you took the note, okay? And I went, oh. okay. <laughs> and he goes, yeah, smile and say, okay. I went, okay. And then he started to go and I went kind of went after him. I went, excuse me, do you want to tell me that note just in case? He goes, no, I don't. So I went. Okay, so we did it again. Same thing. I got the part. Oh my God! See, he knew what he was doing. He knew what he was doing. He did. Wow, yeah. that's a fast. Who who was the who was it? The director. And, you know, I'm. I'm it, he was such a well known actor that had gotten caught in the the um, you know, the communism thing and got blackballed. Oh, His boy. name was David. Um, older guy. We called him the maestro. This is this is my age thing. Not that he isn't important, but just that I can't come up with his I last name. I, I'm going to Google him. I hardly know your name. You know, yeah. <laughs> I hardly know my name. So there you go. Exactly. There you are, folks. You're listening yeah. to two old bats who can't remember <laughs> anything. Oh my god! But I've told this story a hundred times. I'm going to tell it again because I don't know how many people have actually read anything that I've ever said. So here we go. <laughs> Okay. The first time I ever got to meet you, oh boy! And I didn't even meet you, but I got to sit next to you. You were already such a big deal. It was a commercial for Revlon mascara. Did either and one I of you get it? I I went into the commercial. No, it was an audition. I went in. I signed in. I sat down, and I looked to my right, and there you are sitting there, and I'm seeing you in profile with these eyelashes that go for days. And I just went, well, I'm just friggin' wasting my time here. And I got up and I left. <laughs> Are you kidding me? You never told me that? <laughs> my told God. You that. Did I get the job? No. I, I'm sure you did. I'm sure you did. I can't imagine you didn't. You have I, eyelashes I for days. Oh God, you're funny. Uh, I I I have never done that. Gotten up and left an audition because I was always just too terrified to ever do anything that would offend anyone. So oh, I, well. I I don't remember doing anything like that. But well, wow. you were going before me, and I was just like, well, once they see, you know, all you had to do is bat your eyelash, and wind was going around the room. I was just like. I'm done and done. I have no eyelashes. I would be happy to know that my eyelashes are a thing of the past. Really. So <laughs> well, now you see a lot of things yeah. on me that is 
a thing of the past. Yeah, me too. Trust me. I've been sitting here listening to you tell some of these stories and I fascinated how you just without not skipping a beat, you you know everyone's name, you know the year they were no, 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 last name. Away. You say all of it clearly, quickly. Me, I'm I do this. Uh, uh, ask the audience. Uh, 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 I mean, I'm just all over the place because I can't remember two things put together. So, I'm I was I've been sitting here very impressed how you can still carry on a conversation. Well, you know how it sometimes you know you're you're short. Like I can still remember a speech that I gave at, on One Life to Live, but I can't remember what I did yesterday. That's what happened. Said, I think with all the lines that we had to learn. Right. My RAM, my memory RAM is full. It's I can remember my childhood phone number. I can't remember yesterday. No, isn't that awful? Isn't that yeah. awful in a way? Well, it's awful if you're doing a, 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 a kind of thing I'm doing, a podcast. It's like, you know, because they they sit there and they listen to me. And then when I start my uh, 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 uh they they must hang on because they don't say anything. That's how kind this <laughs> is. You really are kind, you guys. You really are. You forgive me a lot. Well, we're well trained. We know that while you're doing your, uh, 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 if we don't speak, it's a really clean edit. Also, <laughs> <laughs> yes, you, you're right. Tell me about your favorite storyline. I know you must have one. Oh, what yeah. If- I, you know, I, I, I loved the blind storyline. Well, it was that whole year. I loved the rape trial because, first of all, Susan Haskell, what a beautiful actress. Oh, she's beautiful. And and Roger Howarth. Yes. And that whole gang rape thing that led to this uh, um, trial. And they kind of did it. Did you hear her do that, everyone? She went, uh, uh, uh. Yes. I do that all the time. (laughs) All the time. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, and it was just this beautiful storyline that they interwove with uh, uh, Bobby's first wife, you know, Sarah Paradise that he called her because she'd been raped and it was, it just, it just involved everybody. It involved everybody. And so everyone was participating, everyone was involved. And from that standpoint, it was really great, caused a mistrial. Right. It was during Bob and, and, uh, you know, Nora and Bo's romance. So there was always that that was going on. Yeah, and yeah. then it went into Wait Until Dark. We did Wait Until Dark. Oh, that was so much fun. I bet. I bet. So much fun. You see, you yeah. guys, we as actors in daytime, very different kind of, of, of experience than, than doing a movie or a comedy. or It's just very different. And you become linked together with your, your group your other actors and it becomes becomes very personal and that's why you 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 feel those things you feel and will always feel them because yeah. it was so poignant and real and i think that's what the audience they felt uh, in watching it. it it it's a really interesting time it's very sad for all of us that daytime has lost a lot of the shows it's really. Oh, I think so. It was such a, it was such a big, boisterous, uh, fabulous community. Especially when we had, we had eight or nine shows in the East Coast and four on the West Coast. I mean, we were huge on the East Coast. That's where it all was. That's where, you know, they call them soap operas because they were owned by the soap companies. 
And we were merely a story to keep you glued between commercials. Exactly. Exactly. That's true. That's true. Which is kind of sad, but okay. Tell me what, tell me about your wedding with, with Bobby. Oh, you mean this? (laughs) Well, it's funny that you should say that. Um, I remember getting a call one day at home and it was from the production office of one life to live. And they wanted to know, um, uh, if Bobby was there, what I, I said, I'm I'm sorry. What? They said, well, <laughs> do you know, if he's not there, do you know where he is? And I went, okay, no. okay. Woodsy and I play Bo and Nora, and they're married. But Woodsy has his own wife, and I have my own husband. So in real life, we're not married. We oh. don't know where each other. Isn't that funny? Oh, I'm so sorry. Okay, thank you. Oh my God. Oh my God. I never heard that story. That's hysterical. Yeah. Uh, oh my God. Yeah. And and you had little Richard on? He, he oh, already. Yeah. On? So little Richard was the officiant. And see, everybody planned our wedding because we didn't want to get married. But everyone planned our wedding. And so we were kind of forced into this this wedding thing. And uh, we get up there and um, Cameron Mannheim was on as the, as the, uh, the Jewish rabbi who was going to marry us. Oh, and I had just done a pilot with her. So oh my. Was, and then Bo and I sit there and you, well, you know what, this isn't for us. We're, we're going to leave. And as we head out, we oh, hear this, Bo, Nora, where are you going? And we turn around and it's little Richard. And so he plays and we stroll, we do a dance stroll down the aisle. Yeah, so yeah. Much fun. Well, you're both dancers. You see, Bobby Woods, if you guys don't know this, was a professional dancer. He and he and Loyita, his wife, were both dancers. Yes. And, and you danced with him. It, it was a remarkable time there where it everybody really, was and a they, dancer. Yeah. They let us do so many fabulous things. I mean, they really it was a time when soaps didn't have the storyline that went out for 15 years. They, they, they had to pitch arcs, story arcs. Right. So you, you had this beautiful arc that you knew what you were kind of doing. And then they would fill it in between with things that the audience loved. And they had the time to do it. Like the rape trial got extended to six weeks. It was supposed to be a two week trial, but the ratings and everything was going so great. They kept writing it and writing it. It was it was just fun. So they got they let us do that. It was but little Richard, uh, bless his heart, they you know how everything takes fifty thousand hours to do, and and little Richard finally at around four o'clock goes, well, okay, well I gotta go, goodbye, and we had <laughs> not one frame of him, not one frame, and they went what? And he goes, well I gotta go, I got a gig, so they they quickly turned everything around and just shot all of his stuff and held up cue cards for him to read. <laughs> and so he goes, Bo, Nora, to the crowd. We can't let them walk. And he read every all the Samuel friendship between <laughs> the crowd. We can't let them walk out. But oh so- my God, that is so funny. Funny. Do you remember Sammy Davis Jr. when he came on One Life to Live? I was before my time. Yeah. I'm so mad it was before my time. He was terrified. 
absolutely terrified. He said, I, 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 he was a fan of the show. So that's how it ended up that he went on the show. But he, he was just, this was more than he could even bear. I don't know how you do these lines. This is crazy. I can't do it. I don't like it. I want out of here. I can't. I mean, it was, and he did that at his apartment that he was staying in in New York. And we were all invited. There was a little group of us that went and he, he sort of blurted it all out. You know, this is nuts. This is nuts. And he's right. It is nuts. I, yeah. You and I both and everyone that's ever worked any length of time have, have been witness to actors who came were hired that day and never seen again because yeah. they didn't do their lines and they had to fire them. I mean, yeah. it, it it's a tough, it's a tough it's run. Really tough. It is. It and is. when I was doing something wilder at the same time, I would, I would shoot on Mondays in New York and then I'd fly out Monday night and then I'd work in LA and then we'd have hiatus week and everyone go, have a great week. And I said, yep, no problem. I'm doing five or six shows. <laughs> oh God, it's and, we, and we did like three feature films a week is what we did. Oh, you did. Of course. Of course. You know, that's, I mean, all Frank of us. Wilder. Like to, I mean, yeah, that's uh, what we did in soap operas. Frank, Frank ran into Wilder in Beverly Hills. He was at that little restaurant in the basement remember that little restaurant in the basement of the of the beverly hills hotel do you know that place no i don't he was there having breakfast and frank went down to have some breakfast and saw him and then jumped him like he was a an animal he just he couldn't believe that wilder his favorite was sitting there and he sat next to him and wilder was so generous so kind at that he went, uh-huh, and, and then what? Because he was praising him, and, oh, and that too. And then go on, go on, I'm listening. No, no, go. And Frank was, it was one of Frank's famous, famous memories uh, was with him, yeah. Well, he lived up in Connecticut. Yeah, he, he did. Wife still does. Um, yeah, his wife still does. She and I have the same birthday, Karen. Really? Yeah, I just, it was, it. that was probably one of my, also, one of my favorite times on the show was yeah, I got to work with these two incredible guys. I mean, Bob Woods and Gene Wilder. And I just, you know, it was it was magical. It was a magical time. I was exhausted, but it was a magical time. But it was magical. I have to tell the audience, too, a memory of mine with Hillary and what a friend she has been to me when Frankie was so sick with cancer and and she made it her business to come over to the apartment often to talk to him because Frank would not talk to me. He, he didn't want to discuss it. He didn't want me to be upset. He, he just kept it tight and he told Hillary stuff. Am, am I wrong about this? No. Um, tell, tell her things that he couldn't tell me because he didn't want my heart to break any more than it was breaking. And so she would, console him and talk to him and and agree to him and and made it able for him to to talk about this out loud to somebody i mean how how perfect a gift that was for me you have no idea i could cry right now i have it in my voice i can hear myself starting to cry because it it meant so much to me and then of course when frank was dying and we all were at the hospital and a lot of our friends came they were just it's just sat there yeah yeah and, well, and we didn't, you know, we knew Frank was well taken care of. It was you we were concerned about. So it was Jeanette helped me out. It was you, you, me, uh, uh, Sally Schoenboom. Yeah. Lori yeah. Hogan hung out a lot. 
you know, as much as, you know, Everybody we all could say to, to, to make sure I didn't just collapse and, and, and die myself. It was a tough time for me, but anyway, that being so sad to say, I just want everyone to know who you really are. You are a very special lady and well, have such a heart and always have the time for whoever, whatever, because that's who you are. Um, I do remember um, I would call, I, 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 I call you every, every day. Hi, just checking in. And Jeanette was like, oh my God, you're calling every day. The one <laughs> day. Right. One day that I didn't call, Jeanette calls me and went, you didn't call. We have questions. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That was it. I was back to calling every day. I know. Well, thank you, friend. Thank you. Really. Thank you. Um, what are you doing now? What what are you acting at all? I am blissfully retired. <laughs> I have been just been forever. Forever. I got on Medicare and went because we were working for our health care and and crystal chappelle you know crystal yes you did a you did a show with her yes i've done several with her and she's she's fabulously talented she's one of the only people i know that says you know what besides you who says i'm going to do this and she does it so she when guiding light was going off the air she said i'm going to do a show and she took another actress and Jessica, and she did this show called Venice. And I said, I'm in, I'm in, put me in. I'll play whatever you need me to play. So I played her aunt. Right. And right. we had more fun doing that. And then I became a producer on it. Good. Yeah. And we won an Emmy for producing oh. and we beat out one life to live. No, I never heard that. Yeah, oh, when we like to live went on the story. Yeah, it was really kind of awesome. Yeah, really I awesome. I bet. Three broads. Three broads, yeah. It was really, it was great. So then we went from Venice. Uh, we did um, Beacon Hill, which is a wonderful show. And, um, and then we also, during Venice, we had a scene where the two of us cooked and got drunk. And the fans loved it so much that we created the show called It Girls on the Stoop. Right. He would drink and laugh and cook. And the first episode was the last one that we shot. And we had spent four days of doing three shows each day of shots and cocktails. And so by the last day, right. we were so giddy that we, I literally wet my pants on camera. Oh, that's my trick. Yes. <laughs> so I had to run in, I wet my pants, and then we cut to I had hazmat suits, complete hazmat suits from the hurricane when I had to clean out mold. We're in our hazmat suits putting our laundry in the oh for <laughs> God. You have to see it. It's on Vimeo. It's hysterical. It's it, it is on video. The show is, is so funny. I'll have to watch. Everybody yeah, it's, you have to watch. Okay. So we'll we'll continue to do that because Crystal's still trying to get her health care. So we'll continue. Okay. To do oh good. Let me know yeah. when that happens and I'll tell everyone. I will. I will. Like touch my kind of show. Drinking. Yeah. Oh, you you actually yeah. do season one and okay. and of It Girls on the Stoop and watch the first episode and you'll have a complete understanding of okay. the crazy that it happened. 
You can see why I invited her to be on my podcast, can't you? <laughs> she's, uh, she's a host. I miss you so much. I miss our days. I miss our night days too. And all and in between. Night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, all in between. <laughs> um, what's a, Tell me before I let you go, what is a day like for you? What do you do? You get up in the morning and you do what? Well, I live in Florida now. Right. And so I get up in the morning and I will go to the gym and work out. And then I go play golf. I love golf. I, I, have completely been bitten by the golf bug and I love it. As a matter of fact, on, on Friday, I'm heading out to Wisconsin to go play whistling straights. I'm I'm so excited. So excited. I couldn't hate golf more. So <laughs> don't invite me. All right. Too bad. Well, you know what? If you've been a golf widow, I golf with you every day, five times a day. He has yeah. the same obsession you do. Yeah. 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 It's just, you know what it started? It started when, uh, you know, I had so many lines and stuff. I would go and find my headspace and I'd go hit balls and play three holes. And the whole time I must've looked like a mad woman because I'd be sitting there doing my lines. And then I, yeah. The ball, and after the ball going, and it literally looked like a mad woman on the golf course. But I, it was I don't really want spell. to offend you in any way, but no, everyone already knows you're a mad woman. So that really <laughs> wouldn't even give them a giggle. They, they would I, go, oh, there she is again. She's doing it. Yeah. I did my best to hide it in my personal life. I know I kind of hid it from everybody there, but the people who knew me the best knew how crazy I am. <laughs> Nip, play golf with you? Yeah, he does. He does. Please yeah, but not he doesn't have it like I have it. He's not the avid golfer that I am. Well, yeah, can't I just love him in the family. You really can't tell everyone I send my love. Okay, I certainly will. I certainly will. Relax. And love you, Jeanette. She is such a star, and I know you've loved this as I have. Great to see you. Call me more often, please. All I right. certainly will. I miss you madly. I miss you as well. I really, really do. You know that. Okay. All right, everybody. Thank you so, so much for listening to us Babylon. We are babblers, me and, <laughs> and Hillary. And uh, I love you. Um, I'll talk to I you next week again. And, um, and until then, be well, be kind to each other. I love you. Bye-bye. Love you. Bye-bye.